Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the podcast, Three Sides, with me, Aaron McLeod, where we will talk about all things that fall under the umbrellas of high performance, passion, and equality. Hi, and welcome back. We have a really awesome episode lined up for you today. But first, a message from one of our sponsors. We are back and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So as you may have remembered, last episode was about a lot of controversy that's happening in the NWSL about harassment across the league and steps that we are taking as players and the NWSLPA to make change. There has been an incredible amount of change, a lot of things accomplished in the last little while. I also went with my Canadian national team and we had a couple game series against New Zealand for our victory tour and we also took a stance to uh, put an end to violence that's happening or that has happened in sport across our country in Canada. However, I will get more into that next episode. What I have realized is over the last month and a half or so, the amount of energy and time put into all of this has been, of course, worth it. But um, a lot of the conversations and topics have been really heavy. And whenever things get emotionally taxing, for me anyway, I, I like to take a moment to reflect and to go internally and be emotional if I need to be emotional. And I've had a lot of emotions and a lot of anxiety as of late. And I like to take those opportunities to work a little bit more on myself, a little self-compassion, a little love. So I sat down with Dr. Rachel a number of weeks ago, and we had this awesome conversation. And so I just wanted to share it. It's around mindset and how we can focus on a growth mindset, a fixed mindset, what that means. So stay tuned for this episode. We're mixing it up a bit this week. And then uh, in a few weeks, we'll get back to all the progress that's been made and some changes and things we're going towards in Canada, but also across the league in the NWSL. All right, we are sipping our coffee here. I'm with Dr. Rachel Linval. Again, very lucky. We are on our, what is this, our, our four, a third episode. Yeah, I think it's now. our third. And uh, very nice to have you here, as of course. You have, you're actually in the flesh in front of me, which doesn't happen very much anymore. <laughs> uh, we're all we're COVID tested, everyone's safe in this room. But um, today I'm really excited because we are going to talk a little bit about mindset. And obviously with the Mindful Project, mindset is a huge part of what we talk about. Um, we reinforce effort and all these other things, but um, mindset is is really important and really important for my own personal story, which I'll get into later. But um, first of all, 
What is just most basic for our listeners? What would you consider mindset? What is what is mindset when you think of that? Mindset's the lens that we view the world through, and it's the way we view ourselves through. It's really yeah. just, yeah, it's the, the lens we put on everything that we do and every thought that we have. And um, I know that you're going to get into growth and fixed mindset, so I won't yeah. jump on that. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, but as as you're to, to preface what you're going to talk about, it's. Mm-hmm. The lens that we view through is going to in, impact absolutely everything we do. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I mean, sometimes people say mindset is your attitude, um, like you said, like the lens that you look through. And um, what I what I love about mindset is something that can change, it can grow, it can be altered. And to kind of talk about the fixed and growth mindset, Dr. Carol Dweck has done some incredible work. I know that eons ago we were in Germany connecting about how do we help build a better future for young people? And uh, Dr. Carol Dweck's work came up. She's a um, motivational uh, researcher, basically about human motivation. And she came up with uh, the term growth and fixed mindset. And uh, I, saw, I found this really cool poster online for anyone who's interested. Um, it's a diagram by Nigel Holmes, and it represents all of Carol Dweck's work. So first, the growth mindset being a mindset in which you have a desire to learn, embrace challenges, persist in the face of setbacks. You view effort as the path to mastery. You learn from criticism, find lessons and inspiration in the success of others. That's a big one, we'll come back to that. And they reach higher levels of success and all of this gives them a sense of free will. Uh, And then a fixed mindset on on the other hand is a mindset in which you wanna look good or smart and therefore you avoid challenges. You don't wanna Push yourself because if you make a mistake, then it kind of proves that you're not that talented and not that awesome. You give up easily. You see effort as fruitless. Uh, if you have the talent, like I said, you don't need to try. Ignore useful or negative feedback. Feel threatened by the success of others. That has definitely been me for a long time. In the end, they may plateau early and have a deterministic view of the world. Wow, that's a lot. So when when do we start developing these mindsets? Is it inevitable that we're going to fall into these categories? Like, what, what are your thoughts on those two definitions? So you talked about Dr. Carol Dweck, and she says in her research, she says that we develop this mindset as young as three and a half, which is crazy. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. And if you think about, you know, you're, you're asking about, um, you know, do we have a choice in this? I would say at three and a half, we don't have a choice in it because that mindset comes from the way that we're taught, the way we're developed, the environment we're in at three and a half. Right. However, that can be changed. So with a three and a half year old, if they've been in an environment where they are you know, being given the lens and the structure of a growth mindset or a fixed mindset when put in another environment and taught differently, they can be different. So it's not something you're stuck with. Um, but clearly, you know, at that age, you don't know any different. And so I think that's why it's so vital to be uh, educating parents and teachers and coaches and everyone that's dealing with, you know, the, the young generation because they don't know that they're being taught one or the other. Right. And they don't know that they have a choice, but we absolutely have a choice in that. I agree. So, I mean, for me, the best example is I'm like playing uh, basketball indoors with my nephew, Henry. Okay. And he's, at this point, I think he was about that age, four years old, right? And so he's got this inflatable basketball and this hoop that's like drilled into the wall. And we're shooting hoops together. And, you know, I'm just trying to have fun or whatever. And he takes a shot and he misses it and he puts his head down. 
like he's ashamed, right? And in my head, I'm like, you know, I'm biased, obviously, but I think my sister and her husband are fantastic parents, right? And I don't know at what point he's learned this, but he's ashamed that he's made this mistake. He puts his head down. And then as we keep going, I'm like, I'm celebrating. I start just celebrating the shot. Every time he takes a shot, I'm like, good job, Henry. And he's, you know, taking more shots. And by the end of our like little, you know, 20 to 30 minute session, you know, he's just, he's excited. He's making more hoops, but he's just excited that he's taking the shot. It's the effort, you know? And then uh, later, which uh, cracks me up, uh, he, he was playing with his dad. And every time he missed a shot, Henry would be like, Dad, you're supposed to cheer for me because I took the shot. <laughs> and I kind of put my head up. My bad. Um, but do you think it's that easy? You know what I mean? Like, do you think it's just about being intentional? Obviously, there's sports and there's drawing and there's, like, art and all these other things. But do you think it's that easy? I think especially with someone Henry's age, it yeah. is that easy. Yeah, because they don't have as much as much history. It, it, they're more right. moldable. They're more changeable. The older we get, the harder it is to make changes. Right. So, at the root of things, is it that easy? Yes. In practice, the older we get, it's right. that constant reminder. Right. It's right. it's changing um, the way we think about things. Which so is it easy in one sense? Yes. In another right. sense, no. Because we've been training ourselves, you know, a certain way for so long. Just like, you know, just like in sport. If you've been doing the same thing for so long, you can change those habits, but it's really challenging to do that. But it's right. possible. Right. So hence, I think the younger the younger someone is, the easier that is to change. Right. The older it is, yeah, it's a little harder, but it's still very possible, just like with anything else. So last time we talked about awareness, our last session. And you remember the question, I was like, when did you become aware that you were aware? Yeah. You know, like when do we become aware of these mindsets? Like can some people go their whole life not realizing, you know, when they make a mistake that, uh, and they're like brutal to themselves. Like maybe that is the reason they haven't been growing as fast, you know, like how, when do you, like for you, when did you become aware of your mindset? Cause for me, it was like very much the 2008 Olympics. We've talked about that. I was so hard on myself. I was so fixated on mistakes and we could talk about how we define mistakes. And I was so brutal and so fixed mindset. It, it squeezed all the joy out of the game, but if I hadn't gone through kind of like this super emotional moment, I kind of wonder, like, would I have ever changed? So for, for people listening, I guess, like, how do you start that process? Um, because it is really the relationship you have with yourself. And, and how, do you, how do you start, if you're in one mindset and start to realize you're in this mindset, what do you recommend to, like, start getting into a growth mindset, which is obviously you have more fulfillment, you're more, you have more joy in your life? Right. I think it starts with, like you said, awareness. Yeah. Like just paying attention to our thoughts, paying attention to what you say to yourself or how you view, you know, if, if you if you have a mistake yeah. or even if something doesn't go the way you want it to in life, are, how are you viewing that? Are you thinking that, oh, it's just inevitable, everyone's against me? Right. Or are you thinking, okay, this is an opportunity to grow and to learn and maybe this feels like a setback. But I think it just begins with that awareness piece. And, and first of all, to go even further backwards, the awareness that these two mindsets exist. Yes. Because yeah. I think, you know, to, to talk about your 
earlier question about could someone go their entire life and never even know, I think absolutely. Yeah. I think someone could never have that aha moment because they think this is just the way I am. They don't know that there's something else out there. Right. And so I think knowing that these two mindsets exist, knowing you can change it, and then in changing it, being aware of, of what you're saying to yourself, how you're viewing things. And I think this list that you gave earlier is a, is a great one that I've used with students and athletes over the years. Um, and now I'm using in the corporate setting, but yeah. helping people, giving these lists of this is kind of the category of things that represent a growth mindset. This is the category of things that represent a fixed mindset. And yeah. some people look at that list and say, oh, I didn't realize, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. I didn't realize that I was thinking this way. And right. I think that that number one awareness and, and the knowledge of these mindsets and where they're kind of falling into is a really huge first step. So then they can be aware, then they can start catching themselves, then they can start choosing to think differently. Because it's just, we've, we've talked about forward awareness. It's about where, yeah. which thoughts we give our attention to, and we can choose to, you know, change how we think about things. Right. And I, I agree, but like, let's, like the nitty gritty. So let's say I've caught myself um, thinking in a fixed mindset, like, oh, I made a mistake. I'm not worthy or whatever that dialogue is. Um, is it as like, is, I know it's going to sound cheesy, but it's like, is it literally catching yourself and then saying, and then like not judging? Cause I know that's a big part of mindfulness or is it like catching yourself and then almost replacing it with, okay, you're stretching yourself. You're trying like, is that, what it comes down to, to the point where you just, it becomes a habit that you're like catching yourself. Right. Absolutely. It's catching that. And then as you said, choosing a new way to to frame it. Maybe before you thought, oh, I didn't get this job promotion because, you know, I'm just not very good at this versus maybe I'm not ready or maybe they didn't recognize what I have, but that doesn't mean that I can't keep working on these things. Or if you're an athlete that's not starting and you want to be starting. Right. You know, that doesn't mean that you're a failure. It could just mean that, oh, yeah, maybe I need more work in this area or, you know, maybe continue to refine my game or maybe this is just an opportunity um, to improve my grit. Right. So I think you're exactly right. It's really it's noticing it, but then it's it's replacing and, and intentionally changing the way we think about things. It's changing the narrative in our head. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. Like um, Angela Duckworth's uh, book, Grit, is a fantastic read. And I I kind of think that, to be honest these things go hand in hand. Like, I don't think, I think obviously you have to be aware of the mindset that you have. And then grit is, is really that resilience. It's, um, you know, being defeated or failing over and over again, but like having the courage uh, to, to try again, to keep going. And also kind of buying in that, like you will learn it. And for me, this is very much a growth mindset. You will learn it just with time and effort. So do you think, do you, do you agree? Like, do you have to have one to have the other or cause some people like <laughs> to just get up over and over and over. And I'm like, I wonder how much thought they're putting into that. Like, do you think they're hand in hand? It's a really good question. Yeah. I think that, like you said, to your point of some people just keep getting up over and over and over and there's an yeah. element to where good for you, you keep getting up. Yeah. But if you're not taking that time to evaluate maybe why something's happening or if there's a change you can make, because sometimes doing the same thing over and over, sometimes we need to trust the process and just keep at it. Sometimes right. we need to step back and evaluate if our process needs to change. Right. So I think there's maybe a little bit of both because just getting up and go, 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 go. Sometimes maybe we do need to step back for a second and, right. and see if there's a different route we should take or, you know, other people that we need to bring into the conversation. Yeah. So 
I mean, more power to people that are willing to keep getting up no matter what, but sometimes right. maybe you just keep running into that same wall right. instead of reevaluating and maybe finding a, a different way to attack that challenge. Right. And I, I mean, I think what I've found in common with a lot of high performers is self-reflection. But I find that self-reflection is only effective if you are not emotional. So like, what do you suggest? Because for me, like the moment I'm done playing a game or even training sessions, I'm like, uh, you know, I've got like steam coming out of my ears and I'm like pissed, you know. But then sometimes I'll watch it back and I'm like, oh, you know, like actually wasn't that bad. So self-reflection is obviously important, but like what suggest, like what advice do you give, especially for our mindful, like people who are into mindfulness, like for them to get the most out of like learning and moving forward. Cause I agree, like, um, unless you reflect on the performance, how are you going to get better? How are you going to improve? But I also think self-reflection, um, along with all the mindsets that we're talking about, unless we've given ourselves like the freedom to be in a good headspace, like we, we're not going to be any better off. So how do you suggest getting into that, into that mindset of, of reflecting <laughs> accurately, objectively on your performances? Well, you, you picked the word right there, objectivity. And that's yeah. something we work with our, our athletes in our programs a lot. And sometimes that can be easier said than done. So, yeah. you know, you're talking about in, in ending your training with steam coming out of your ears, being yes. really frustrated. And that's a common thing for, for so many of us with whatever it is we're doing. And so that starts with that calming Right. And, and something that we talk with our athletes a lot. And I know you, we, you and I both use a lot is breathing. Yes. You know, yeah. taking, taking that time for that in for three, out for four, taking those breaths yes. to, to calm our bodies down, I think is a really great first step. Something we use in our, our uh, guided audios for our program yeah. is actually learning to step back and look at it differently. Sometimes we have people imagine snapshots of what it is that they're looking at and, right. and you know, even, even putting it like in a snow globe, you know, or imagining right. this and it may sound kind of silly, but it's a way to distance and look at it from different angles and just to be able to remove yourself from that emotion in the moment. So I think, uh, A, it's time, taking that time to yeah. breathe, Yes, taking that time to calm down, because if we're viewing anything in that emotional state, we are probably going to view it much more harshly. And sometimes our memory is not as good as we think. Yeah. We, we play stuff over That's and true. over in our head. And, yeah. and then I, I've done this as a coach before. Maybe we've gotten scored on, and in my head it happened a certain way, and I'm super frustrated. But then I go back and watch the video, and I go, oh, actually, that was a really good goal. And actually, everyone did do what they were supposed to do. Right. But in my head, it wasn't that way. Right. So I think also having objective people in our lives that yeah. we can go to yeah. and have those conversations, and, and maybe they can give us some, some good perspective and help us get out of our own head a lot. But what, yeah. what are things that you use? Well, I think for me, I, I remember when I was young, like I've always been a pretty emotional kid. And my mom, I think we've talked about this. My mom would always be like, wait 24 hours before, I, before you send that email when I was like pissed, you know, and I'd be like, okay, mom, whatever. And then the next day I would be in a better headspace and <laughs> I'm really grateful that I didn't send like a hate email. Um, but I definitely think time is one thing, but I, I have noticed that um, I'm a big believer in habits and um, I try to, not every training session, but I do try to like make little notes and start um, and, you know, developing the positive mindset because I've been much, very much a fixed mindset is like, I will sit down and evaluate my training session and I will, the first thing I'll do is write down the good things that I did. And then, and just vocabulary, I think is so important. I talk about the things, the areas that I want to continue to improve on instead of like the things I'm bad at or, you know what I mean? And I think that's, 
Um, I think that's a mind shift. And I think it's important to kind of jot those things down and reflect that we talk about durable memories. There's different ways to learn. And, and when I go to a training session, I want to have something in mind, but I don't want to be thinking about like the 25 things I put in my journal. My hope is like literally those things will just implant into my brain. And when I go, I'll somewhat remember that. But like, this is your area as far as durable memories. Like how does, how does that work? I know I'm like on a side tangent here, but like, how does that work if you're self-reflecting and you want to continue to grow? Is it enough to like, you go, you train, and then afterwards you maybe reflect. And this can be the same as like you're at work and you've done a fantastic presentation or, or a presentation that you're kind of like lukewarm about, you reflect on it. Like how much does that that help for next time? Does it help for next time? Yes. It Reflection is a really big part of learning. Yeah. Um, reflection and application and review are all really big parts of learning. And you're talking about, you know, writing in your journal and writing things down, the good things that you did and maybe the things you want to work on. Yeah. And then another part of it is even after you have done that reflection, another part of, you know, learning and growing and durable memories and all of these things as far as real change is then even taking that moment to close your eyes and imagine your next training session or your next performance or your, you know, if it's, if it's a work related thing, your next presentation, whatever that is, and, and imagine yourself doing it in the way that you want to do it. But yeah. such an important part of imagery is imagining everything about it, right? The smells, how does it feel, what right. are you wearing, what's everyone else wearing, you know, the whole environment, get all the senses involved. Right. And it doesn't have to be long and lengthy. You know, you can take 30 seconds and imagine all of these things and imagine yourself doing doing this thing correctly or performing right. the way you want to. And so application, reflection, review, all of these things are a really part, big part of learning. And um, a lot of times we, we kind of miss that whole picture. So if this right. is, hopefully this is helpful for some of our listeners, if yeah. there's something that they're wanting to improve on, yeah. um, like you said, the journal is outstanding, the reflection, the review, and then adding that mental, that mental forward application. Right. Um, okay, I'm going to go back a little bit to more mindset specific. Um, I want to talk about mistakes. Um, and I've learned this. <laughs> it's taking me a long, long time to get where I'm at now. So one story that I always tell when we're talking to new clients is that time I sat down with my sports psychologist and I was really hard on myself for making mistakes in training as per usual. And he kind of asked me how I felt because I love art. He asked me how I felt about when I make mistakes in art. And I remember laughing in the moment, thinking, like, what is this guy talking about? And I replied, there are no mistakes in art. You start over, you try a different brush or different technique or whatever, or sometimes the mistake actually ends up being the nicest part of the whole piece. And in that moment, I realized that how I viewed mistakes was uh, a choice. I had decided to look at mistakes in art as this, like, a... a opportunity to be limitless, creative, whatever. And then in the soccer realm, it was, it was my fix. It was like limiting. It was like, I wasn't good enough. It was a reflection on my worth. So I guess my question is, if you do a lot of work on the growth mindset, like, is there ever a point where you make a mistake and you're like, yes, I made a mistake. I then, because you know, it's important for your growth or is it always, cause for me, it's emotionally still challenging. I remind myself that it's a good thing and I need to do it. Um, and then I move forward, but there's still that emotional baggage around mistakes. So for someone my age, is, like, is that inevitable? Is it like always going to be hard? Or do you think at some point 
you actually will like have your hands up in the air cheering like I made a mistake I'm pushing my limits <laughs> I can picture you doing that actually. I know I know I know fake it to me yeah <laughs> no I, I can picture you actually um you work so hard on yourself and you work yeah. on all these things so I could totally picture you like be like yes right right <laughs> but right. I think you're talking about the emotion of it and it is emotional because even with a growth mindset it still doesn't always feel great initially because right. we are ultimately we're trying to improve. Right. And so we're and we're trying to push our limits. So in trying to push our limits, we are trying to reach whatever that next level is. Right. And so I think that that emotion is because we care about it. We're passionate about it. And there's nothing wrong right. with the emotion. Yeah. It's just what we choose to do with it. Right. And so I think that we can change our initial response to where you make a mistake. You can say like, okay, I'm just not there yet. I'm going to keep working on it. Right. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to still going to struggle with it. It's right. just, I think it's that, that time between, you know, having the initial emotions and yeah. what you do with it. Cause like you said, you remind yourself of, okay, I'm pushing my limits. This is good. Right. But it takes that reminder. Yes. So I think as human beings, especially as high performers, we always want to be going to the next level. So anytime we're not, yeah. we're going to feel it and that's okay. Right. You know, it's accepting that in the moment, but it's also not taking that time to just wallow. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I think that's also part of resilience is, is you're not actually stuck on a mistake for very long. Like, and I think that also comes with like a higher emotional intelligence and when you're able to kind of let go of the baggage. And I'm sitting across uh, Rachel as she's wearing a Dare Greatly shirt, Brene Brown, love her. And I, th I think it was Brene Brown that said, and I love this, she said, um, making mistakes, you're doing something that you've never done before. There's not anything more vulnerable than that. So I think, um, you know, to, to wrap that up, I think when you do make a mistake, it is only natural to feel uh, sometimes it's heavy or frustrated or whatever because you're like really putting yourself out there and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but um, she also says that vulnerability that place is like where creativity is born that's where you're you know like really see what you're capable of so it's important you know I've had so many coaches say it's so important to be uncomfortable and I think maybe that's kind of what they're referring to last thing we talked a little bit, we were talking to a great group yesterday, um, and for me, this kind of sums it up, and I just want to hear your thoughts, um, because we talk about scarcity, actually had a wonderful conversation with Angela Brown about um, how to be anti-racist, and um, I remember listening to a lot of podcasts about, uh, about racism, actually, and uh, they said a lot of the struggle comes from the scarcity that, like, if one race does better, that means... Um, this other other race is going to suffer and it's not one or the other like we can all win and we've we've read um, I want to say like she owns the place by Kara Alwell is that right yep. and um, she was all about like love and abundance so can you kind of talk about um, just what your thoughts on love and abundance fear and scarcity uh, like are those important words or things are those things to come back to how do they contribute to um, these mindsets, those, that was like 14 questions, but take it where you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will start with a conversation that you and I have been having this weekend just about um, so often in a team setting, mm -hmm. it, it's challenging between teammates because you have a hard time celebrating someone else's success because somehow you feel like it takes a part of your success away. Yes. And um, when 
when I was coaching, I had this uh, motto with the team said, if you win, I win. And we had this concept that no matter what was happening with someone else, it was our success. Yes. And I know for you, you have invested in so many players over the years. And so in that investment, when they succeed, it's your success. And I think that so often we view it. I I took this from Brene Brown with the group we were talking to yesterday and saying so often when we talk about scarcity, it's like we think that success is is a pizza right and so if someone else is successful somehow they're taking the slices that should be ours and that eventually it's all going to go away and there's going to be none left for us right when you talk about love and abundance the more we love the more love there is you know when when we when we love other people and open ourselves up it allows them to do the same right and i think so often there's this this view of this hierarchy that we have to shove other people down to be able to be more successful, which that just goes right back into that fixed mindset. Right. Because the fixed mindset essentially says that if, if someone else is doing well, then it makes me look bad. Right. Versus if someone else is doing well, a growth mindset says, okay, what can I learn from them? Yeah. Or how can we make each other better? Yeah. Um, you have a phenomenal story about... Uh, about you and, and Karina from, uh, what was it, which Olympics? Was it 2008? Uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, like I've always tried, we talk about it all the time, comparison has always been kind of my Achilles heel, and that's the one thing I really try to move from. And um, Karina LeBlanc and I in 2012, we made this promise to one another that we would just try our best to make one another as best and fit and ready as possible for the Olympics and then leave it down to the coaches to decide who's going to play. And... That was the most rewarding conversation I think I've ever had with a teammate um, because I, anytime she did well, I felt good. I felt good about it. And anytime I did well, she felt good. Like we became a part, like you said, I win, you win. Like we became a part of one another's success. And I also think, you know, this Olympics, I didn't um, play one minute, you know, but I do think, uh, or I hope anyway, like I was always pushing Steph to, to be at her best and she was at her best that tournament and um, I think it's a choice to feel connected or disconnected and I think when I think of fixed mindset I definitely think of uh, being disconnected being a little bit isolated because it's all about your ego and you're doing everything on your own but this time I felt connected I felt like I was a part of everyone's success similarly here um, at the Orlando Pride and it that for me has been a, a big shift and it's still hard and and frustrating when you don't get minutes or or whatever but it's um the frustration doesn't take away from your relationship with that person and it doesn't take away from the success that that you're having which I think is kind of like my biggest learning I think the last couple years anyway absolutely and I think that that's so hard for so many of us because what we are taught and raised in so much is the opposite right you know it it's it's not about connecting with other people and making them better. It's about what can I get for me? Right. And I think that that is just, especially in, in the U S that so much of society is what can I get for me? Right. And here's the interesting thing is it all ties back to the attention box. I mean, I probably yeah. tie everything back I love to that. It. I love it. I love uh, it. Any but, opportunity. Yes, right. Yes. But with the attention box, if, if, if I go to training yeah. and I'm so worried about someone else not doing well or yeah. not looking better than me, then that's taking part or a significant amount of my attention. So then I'm not going to do as well. Right. And then I'm not going to feel great about my performance. And then who do I blame? I probably blame them. Right. When in reality, if I'm just putting everything I can into being at my best and being the best person on and off the field, yeah. 
then again, it comes back to that scarcity concept because me putting attention into into thinking like, well, they can't do well because it's going to take away from me. No, if I just put into having the best training for me and for my team, then that that worry is not taking a part of my attention, which is going to reduce my performance. Right. No, I definitely agree. I think a lot of times that fixed mindset ego type stuff creeps into my head. And we've talked about this, like the more I'm in my head, the less I'm effective at what I'm doing, but also I'm also a, a worse teammate. So it really serves to be present, you know, from a mindfulness standpoint, from a stress standpoint, but also just from, you know, a performance standpoint. Okay, we're going to wrap that up. Uh, Rachel, thank you again for coming on and uh, talking about the mindset. This has been awesome. I hope that our listeners, if there are any questions, again, I'll pop on the last recording and you can send us a few emails. Um, But thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thanks again to our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for joining Rachel and I on this episode of Three Sides with Erin McLeod. For more information about The Mindful Project and the different programs we offer, go to themindfulproject.us. Or you can email Rachel directly at rachel at themindfulproject.us or me, Erin, at themindfulproject.us. Thank you for your presence and for listening. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.